Learn how to alter your DNA. Expand your consciousness. Heal your body. Attain oneness. Sound, light, heat, vibration, and emotion. Changing us. Learn from the masters and grow wise. Hello and welcome to Health in Action Live. This is Annette Blanchard, holistic health practitioner, bringing you 60 minutes of healthy talk radio and planting seeds of possibilities for healing. Today we are going to talk about one more different facet um, in the world of health and healing and wellness. And we're going to delve a little bit into the area of vibrational healing. And as I often say, healing happens on many levels and on many facets. We talk about healing as far as physiologically. We talk about healing as far as spiritually. We talk about um, healing on many different levels. And when we talk about healing, we look at also, we've talked about before the, you know, vibrational frequencies of sound, vibrational frequencies of aroma. And so we're going to delve into a completely different facet of healing and um, this area of healing is something I find um, very interesting because we all know certain people have um, particular gifts and could you imagine growing up and you start to see things and you hear things that maybe other people couldn't and maybe you even see um, spiritual beings Or maybe people that have passed over and then you want to share that information and that world is really real to you, but nobody would believe you. Well, we happen to have a very special guest on the program with us today that had that particular experience and she's going to tell us a little bit more about it. And Debbie Anderson was born in England, and not only has she delved into this whole arena of vibrational frequency in the spiritual realm, she's also a natural healer who's used those clairvoyant gifts and has been able to transform them into tools that can help facilitate healing from a whole other perspective. So I'd like to welcome you to the program. Thank you, Annette. I'm looking forward to it. Well, as I mentioned, this um, world and your first introduction into that spiritual world um, is really quite fascinating. And I would love for you to share what your experience has been, because I'm sure you're not the only person that has had this experience, but has not really shared it with the world for a number of different reasons. Thank you. Well, I, I believe now we're in such a an enlightened age that parents, caregivers, grandparents, aunts, uncles, brothers, sisters, etc., are open to understanding when young children actually see and sense spirits. And of course, I grew up in an era where children were seen and not heard. And uh, the the time when I started seeing spirit, I was about four years of age. And of course, there was nobody around to explain or say, "Hey, it's okay. It's something natural. It, it's not." the uh, the boogeyman or something bad happening and it 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 all turns uh, sort of occurred around about the time when my parents were going through a separation 
and my twin brothers and I, uh, my mother left and went to live with my grandparents. And uh, so in those days, uh, small children went to bed early and I was up in my uh, grandmother's bed and fast asleep and then woken up as the ceiling peeled back and all these little ethereal bodies came and sat at the end of my grandmother's bed. And to children today, being able to have a parent say, this is what happened, the parent can at least say, oh, that's okay, that's just spirit. It's not going to harm you or there's not going to be a problem there. But of course, I didn't, my mom didn't understand about those kind of things. And nobody really did. So it was a case of go back to sleep. It's just a bad dream you're having. Uh, Don't worry about it kind of thing. And of course, as a four-year-old, it's like, okay, why are they... Why are they there? But you, we all know that children, you know, have a pretty active imagination, you know. Oh, of And course. so where's the fine line where you think, oh, is this this um, child's imagination running away with them? Or, you know, how do you, how does a parent gauge that? Well, for a parent that's uh, open to and receptive, uh, usually this starts when children are a lot younger, usually from toddlers uh even children sitting in a, a high chair or a, a stroller or something like that, and they start looking at something that isn't there. I you, like cats and dogs do this all the time. They'll sit and look at a particular direction, and as a, a pet owner, and you look and you go, "Well, there's nothing there." They're seeing something. They're sensing something, and that's usually what young children do. They see see something. It can be an orb. It can be spirit. It can be guardian angels or whatever. And of course, that's the beginning. Another uh, sign to with small children or young children, I should say, is that they start having conversations with nobody else in the room. So they're either talking to their imaginary friend or their their uh, guides, helpers, and angels, or somebody that's in their family that's actually passed into spirit that they may or may not have uh, been introduced to. So there's some of the signs as well. So add on to that uh, a child waking up in the middle of the night. Yes, check in and see if this is something, you know, like a bad dream because children, as you say, have overactive imaginations. But if all the other signs have been there that the child has an imaginary friend, uh, starts to uh, talk uh, to themselves, if you like, and then this happens, then yes, the chances are that they are connecting with spirit. During childhood, um, you know, you said in the beginning when you were four years old, really, that's the first time that something happened to you and you experienced that. Now, at that point, did you share that experience or did you hide that experience and then have other experiences that you decided to share later? Yeah, I think a lot of it is when uh, when I was a lot younger, so around about four, five, six, maybe seven, I would have those comments that I would say to people things. We would class that as a precocious child these days, that I would make uh, a comment about something or, you know, talk about somebody that wasn't there or those kind of things. And of course, for the adults around me, it was a case of just be quiet, go back to playing. And so uh, with spirit at that time, I think they were going, okay, this is not helping this child any, any, uh, in any way whatsoever. So we'll just keep it under wraps. We'll uh, let her have her imaginary friend to play with and we'll let her uh, say these odd things now and again. But let's just hold it back because these people aren't ready to hear it. And I, can, I can't remember all the occasions because obviously I was a lot younger then. But I do remember mm-hmm. sitting and having conversations with people 
about things that I would have had no idea. Uh, I wouldn't have known what they were talking about or I would have had no prior knowledge to them. And I suppose for me, it was in my uh, when I got to my teenage years that I was seeing a lot more of spirit and having conversations. And uh, at that point in England, as I uh, explained to everybody, uh, you were, if, you know, my mom thought that I was uh, psychotic and she didn't realize. So she sent me to see a psychiatrist. And in those days, in the 60s, 1960s, if you went to see a psychiatrist in England and you were hearing voices and seeing things, the chances are you would have been locked in a mental institution. So I got a little bit scared by that and spirit basically <clears throat> withdrew everything and said, you know what, we're going to leave this kid here because, you know, she's definitely in an environment where the people don't understand this. So I actually said to the psychiatrist, I made it all up. I was just attention seeking and then got into a lot of more trouble <laughs> with my mom at that time. So everything sort of shut down at that point as far as uh, spirit and it wasn't until my early 20s when it reopened again, because at that time I was in my own environment. I had a young child of my own that was seeing and sensing spirits. So it, it just all seemed to tie into that all opening up again. You know, when you talk about seeing and sensing spirit, um, you know, it was interesting. I had a conversation with another very fascinating gentleman a, a few, I had about a month ago. And, you know, he talked very much about um, sensing, you know, and signaling, you know, and tuning in to like, um, you know, sort of like a universal energy. And would you uh, say that this in some ways is a form of tuning in to a certain energetic field? Yeah, it's a frequency, like in a radio station. Like, we understand radio station that we don't see those radio waves. They're completely non-existent. But if we um, tune into a particular radio station, whether it's rock or meditation music or a talk show like we're having here tonight, then we'll tap into that frequency. And, yes, that's what happens. We tap into the same frequency of others. So it, it's a bit like a comforter. I always say that when I'm uh, connected to spirit in that way, and especially in my 20s and my son was experiencing it and at that time my husband was not into that kind of thing he thought it was scary uh and wanted but i wanted to reassure my son it was okay so as a, a parent i could uh go through some of the things that i had gone through in my own childhood and reassure my son now i have to say that my son is sensitive and he's quite a lot older now but at that time he was seeing and sensing. He had a, a, a beautiful little child that would come and play with him and would race around the house. And it was quite lovely. And, uh, you know, and when he realized it was okay, he could talk about it. It changed the whole perception of his openness to sense and see and be and uh, be connected to that spirit energy. Right. I think sometimes people have the preconceived uh, idea that it's Lulu, Lulu, or perhaps well, it's it evil. <laughs> and, and yet at the yeah. same time, if you really think about it, you know, sometimes I remember I, oh, I was thinking about somebody thinking, oh, all of a sudden I got a text message from them, or you received yeah. a phone call from them, <clears throat> or you just had that intuitive gut feeling that you knew something was going yeah. to happen and it did. Now, is 
and you know, you might even say that that kind of could delve into a little oh, bit of absolutely. becoming more psychic. Yeah. Right? Because you're heightening went, your awareness. Absolutely. And I always say to people, we all have a guardian angel. And that's what I uh, try and explain to people, that when we get those uh, conscious or uh, intuitive or gut feelings or whatever it is, I haven't heard from somebody in a while, and then we phone them or we connect with them, that we're following through. And of course, we do have free will, which means that we don't have to follow through with that. And usually afterwards, it's a case of going like, why didn't I just listen? <laughs> so, but that is our human free will part of us. So those that don't believe, those that don't want to uh, accept it as being so, that's okay too. Right. And when you talk about um, vibrational frequencies and, and whatnot, listen, we're also talking about our brain, right? Because our brain and our thoughts are a specific a frequency, you know, and even when, um, oh my gosh, uh, I did a, a uh, you know, a medical hypnosis uh, training, three-day training this weekend. And, you know, even getting the mind to that state where you're in this deep relaxation and right, and we start to plant seeds we um tune in but you're completely conscious and aware and you know it's not like you're in like la la land somewhere especially in hypnosis you don't lose yourself i always say to uh, people that they probably don't they think of hypnosis as something hollywood where there's somebody standing there swinging a watch or something like that it's not we're in hypnosis i don't know 10 to 20 times a day when we daydream when we're tuning people out when we're not wanting driving to driving the car <laughs> exactly you know sometimes and we, we drive past the like, exit we oh were supposed God. to take off <laughs> absolutely <laughs> so we're in a form of hypnosis as i say quite a, a, a lot of times during the day and i suppose and when we have we selective just, hearing right to your spouse uh, oh I, as a parent uh, uh you know when my son was young and uh, it was like mom 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 you know we do tune out and that's a form of hypnosis. So anybody that's scared of hypnosis or thinks it's something uh, that you're uh, in a trance and you're not aware of what you're doing, they really need to uh, understand what hypnosis truly is. So. And right, and like you said, it's not really the tuning out. It's actually tuning in and bringing it to the yes. forefront of yeah. your consciousness and your yeah. awareness and, and, of um, course, and where you really tap energy. in. Yeah, and vibrational energy or energy operates both at high and low frequencies. It's within us and around us. So there's no right or wrong. Mm -hmm. It's purely what we transmit out from ourselves, from our heart center, and what other people transmit. It's like that. It, I would say, uh, you know, people that uh, say, you know, love at first sight or something like that, that's that magnetic invisible field that just attracts one person to another. Or sometimes we can walk into a room and we go, oh, wow, you know, this feels really great. Or the opposite, ooh, I don't want to be in here. It's icky. I, I want to get out of here. Or we meet somebody for the first time and we don't know anything about them or uh, haven't any prior uh, in information, as they call it. And we either gel with them or we don't. That's right, and, it, and I think that's also um, something that when we uh, use it as, you know, as you probably have too, as a, you know, someone that, you know, helps people think about more natural healing techniques, mm -hmm. you know, people have a vibrational frequency. And I tell people, if you're interested in getting well and being well, you can't be around Debbie Downers. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You have to, you know, because yep. energetically, It'll take yep. your frequency and pull it all of the way down 
which is not a healing yeah. frequency. Because we're communicating with ourselves, our self, the I am. That's what I always say, that if we're feeling low in our esteem or our health or anything like that, we have to raise it up. You can't, you know, you can't get into a higher frequency, as you say, if you're around the Debbie Doubters or the, you know, the people that are always putting you down. You have to step away from that. Otherwise, you're never going to raise your vibration. You're always going to be in the, with the negative Nellies. Uh, so we and truly need to tap into our own molecular vibration. You now, know, when you call it opti opti optimism or feeling full of gratitude, whatever we like to name it, we have to move into that to raise ourselves above everything. Yes, and so there's a lot of um, different tools. You know, I spoke with another doctor on the weekend, and he went back into, you know, uh, you know, think and grow rich and how he talked yeah. about now you can only the mind can only have one thought in its brain at the time. Now, it could be a <laughs> negative thought or it could be a positive thought. Positive the best thought. thing is you get to choose. Right. Absolutely. And as, uh, I, I think there's a, a very great native uh, philosophy when the uh, young grandson says to the grandfather, you know, the grandfather explains there are two wolves within you. And he said, the grandson says, which one wins? The one you feed the most. And it's the yeah. truth. If you feed the negative one, that's going to be the one that takes over your whole persona, your whole body, your whole life. And, <clears throat> sorry, one of the things I try and say to people is the law of the garbage truck. And I love that because it's, it's about we start our day off and our garbage truck is empty. So we go out, we're rushing out of the door and we stub our toe. And then all of a sudden... We've thrown that into the garbage truck. Then somebody almost cuts us off or we, we miss the bus or, <coughs> sorry, one of those things. And then we add that to the garbage truck. And then all day long we continue to do it until in the end it fills up to such a crescendo. We're carrying this huge load with us. Whereas, okay, so I stopped my toe. That was maybe because I was rushing. I need to slow down. Maybe I miss the bus because I didn't get up early enough to get to the bus on time. So don't blame it on all the bad things that are happening around me or anything like that. So we have to really uh, take responsibility for the self. And that's a big part of it that sometimes we don't want to do that. <laughs> we don't want to uh, realize that our thoughts are our consciousness. And if we're going to always be that this went wrong and that went wrong, so everything else is going to go wrong. That's what we're actually going to attract to us. And right. I certainly don't want to do that. And, you know, I'm not saying I'm living in a Pollyanna world here where everything's through rose-colored glasses. You know, shifts do happen. <laughs> and sometimes you get into that state. And I, you know, sometimes have to sort of almost shake myself too and go, come on. Okay, so it happened. You have choices here. You want to continue the rest of the day being like this or do you want to change that perspective? And that's almost like what we have to do to ourselves. We have to just right. shake ourselves up, you know. <laughs> so I would say, like, sometimes when, we, uh, when we're trying to get fluff out of a blanket or something like that, we need to just shake it because <laughs> it's stuck to the blanket. And the only well, way we're going to get it out is to shake it Sometimes, you know, out. we have to, you know, it shakes us or something happens that shakes us to the root and where we have that absolute paradigm shift. Now, Absolutely. you know, sometimes when things happen like that, you know, there's specific tools and obviously it's a big head game. Right. Mm -hmm. And I would, and I always talk to people about, well, you got to pull a weed and plant a seed. 
And there's um, yeah. different ways to do that, you know, and planting those um, thoughts. And even when I think about, you know, uh, symbolic um, symbolism in some things, you know, mm. I even look at that as a potential, as a, a healing um, message, right? Because there's Absolutely. like, like when my friend died, this dove comes flying up my in front um, stairs and makes a nest right out my front door. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh. And I thought to mine, I'm like, here I was filled with sadness, and then all of a sudden, this, the magical dove comes flying up, and I'm thinking, wow. Absolutely. And then I looked at, what's the symbolic meaning of a dove? And there was a message yes. of hope for me, just in something simple like that. Sometimes it's yep. a matter of opening up Jesus calling, and oh, there's the perfect message. Or, Absolutely. you know, you've also created um, a tool. Let's talk a little bit about your tool yeah. and um, why you created it in the first place. Well, the Vibrational Energy Oracle deck uh, came about and, you know, I, I've been a medium clairvoyant for, for over 35 years. So I was happy with that. I teach and do all those other things. And then all of a sudden the spirit comes knocking on my door and says, you need to create a, a deck of cards. And, of course, that came about after I had not listened to them. And I ended up, I was at that point working um, in corporate world. I was doing my work in weekends, evenings, and all of those kind of things like most people do. And I got this, you need to step away from this completely. And I thought, oh, well, yeah, okay, let's just see how it goes. And I ended up having a, a I was in a storage room. And where I was working, and a box fell on the back of my head. You know, talk about knocking you out into uh, that. So I was off work, and I was recovering. <coughs> and then all of a sudden, I'm driving to physiotherapy, and I get rear-ended because I'm getting uh -huh. in my mind to go back to work. <laughs> what, you didn't hear the first time? What's the matter with you? <laughs> oh, no, and I got hit again. I got hit twice. Oh my so goodness. three times. And at that point, it was like, okay, I've really hit rock bottom now. Let me sit down. And of course, when they said, oh, you're going to be creating the deck, I'm going, I think you've got the wrong person here. There are lots of other people that create oracle decks and cards and things like that. And I've never done anything like it. And I, I sometimes feel that spirit just stand there and uh, fold their arms and go, oh, here we go again. We've got to talk her down off the ledge. <laughs> But you know, and Debbie, so I want to I, I want to just share with you, and and you know, this is a really great example for a lot of people because sometimes people get knocked out of their saddle, and life as they knew it before sometimes changes. Sometimes Absolutely. you know it's an accident. Some. Sometimes it's the loss of somebody. It can, like, be anything. And, yeah. you know, when we're talking about energy and vibrational energy, it's about also redirecting energy. And a healing energy is tapped into our creative energy. So it's taking yeah. that and moving it and putting it in another direction. And then you don't even know what's going to manifest. And, and it seems like that's what's happened to you, that is you've moved that energy and expressed yep. it, and now you've manifested this tool that can yep. create value for others, right? Yeah, so the uh, Vibrational Energy Oracle deck was that. It was a case of working through it with spirit, getting all the different uh, card names and then the imagery. I connected with a fantastic artist, Heather Brewster, who's out of Calgary in Alberta. And the, she the art, with me artwork and is work. absolutely beautiful. 
It isn't it, Josh? She really uh, connected. And again, even the synchronicity of connecting with this artist, uh, the way it all came together, I have to say that when spirits pull out all the stops, they definitely pull them out. And of course, this is where we have to remember as human beings. So, okay, the first person you meet. I met several artists on this journey, and I was, it was just not resonating. It wasn't gelling with me. It wasn't feeling right. And I, I sort of stepped back, and I thought, okay, I know the artist is there because they created the deck. And now it was a case of trusting that. And just at that point when you sort of feel, okay, maybe I'm supposed to shelve this for a while. And that was sort of where I was at. I thought, well, maybe I'm just supposed to write it and then put it away for another time. And I happened to uh, meet somebody uh, that I'd met at the beginning when I was doing the work. And at that time, I was on tour. And she said to me, so how's it coming? I said, all the writing's finished. I just can't find an artist. And she said to me, oh, my goodness, I have the right artist for you. Pulled up uh, Heather's uh, website and started showing me some of the imagery. And I'm like, okay, this is, this is too too ironic for it to happen, the synchronicity of it. And uh, I contacted her, I called her and had a couple of conversations. And she said, well, but what are you looking for? And I said, well, no, it's a bit like the field of dreams. Spirit said, build it and they'll come. So in other words, I have the words, I have the uh, how it's going to all come together. And you're just going to know if you're the right artist. And there was a little bit of doubt in her, her mind. And she was very uh, empathic. So mm-hmm. I wasn't talking and people thinking I was an absolute cuckoo. And she uh, she said, okay, send me some of the words. And I said, well, I'll send you all of them. Just pick one that you feel resonates with you and, and uh, do it. And she said, no, I, okay. And she sent me three images. And Abundant Blessings is the first one she sent. Mm-hmm. Mythical Changeling and I think Dreamcatchers. I can't remember the order, but... When I, it was Abundant Blessings was the very first one she sent me, and I just resonated with that card. And if you've got it there mm. before you, you'll know exactly what I mean. That card just, it just pops out there and it says, okay, this is, this is what I mean by Abundant Blessings. So it was, it was, that was a beautiful journey. And then once I'd created them, it was then, okay, I've got to publish them. <laughs> so that became a new learning curve as well. And, you know, I was very, I'm very lucky because my husband's very supportive. And he, he said, okay, I trust in what the spirit are giving you here. So we may have to sell the farm kind of thing, but let's just do it, which we didn't. But we took out a small loan and created the decks. And then it's like, okay, well, you I know, created but, them. How are we going to get them out there? <laughs> so well, and see, and journey. there's that, that pathway that starts to open. And one of the things, again, when you talk about tapping into that vibrational frequency, you know, the very mm-hmm. thing that happened with you finding the right person, right? And you meet different Correct. people. Then you meet the right person and there's what's that, what the word that you said was yep. the synchronicity. It's and you synchronicity, know right yeah. away because it's a vibrational exchange. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, that, because uh-huh. spirit work in a different time to us. You know, we work in a 24-hour day, you know, a seven-day week and so forth. But to spirit, Seven days to them could be like a nanosecond or six months could be a nanosecond. So in their urgency is different to our urgency. So I really had to go, okay, I have to trust in this. They wouldn't have brought me thus far with all this information. And everybody's saying, oh, this sounds really great. I can't wait to see the, the imagery on it. They kind of brought it this far for it not to happen. So, again, it was just them connecting me with that right person that was going to just, 
flow with it. And I, I have such a wonderful uh, relationship. I, I, I class Heather as a friend. And, uh, you know, I, I trust her. In uh, She does a lot of imagery for my different uh, workshops and things like that because I just trust her. And she knows where, where I'm coming from. She knows what I'm trying to achieve. I don't have to go into great ex- explanations or, you know, I trust Isn't that her. nice? That is so beautiful, uh, you know. Uh, that means you're I, on I the same wavelength. And boy, it sure yes. saves a lot of wind. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think okay, let's talk a, a little bit we... more about, you know, the value of the, you know, the deck that you kind of created. Yeah. How did you come to understand, you know, the real true value of, you know, what kind of manifested before you? Well, the, the big thing about the deck was when I was creating the words for it is that spirit truly wanted it to be kept simple. You know, I love oracle decks. I love tarot decks. I've got angel cards and all of those other uh, things that uh, we, we most of us have when we're, we're on that journey, all the different tools that I collected along the way. So for me, when I was getting just a couple of sentences, I'm like, well, okay, so, but what does that mean? And I, I was hearing from spirit, keep it simple. Let people get their own uh, divineness from this and don't overthink it or overcalculate it for them. Let them to do their own discovery work, tap into their intuition, tap into their uh, vibration of using the deck. So that was a big part for me of, again, okay, I trust in you doing this. I really do. And it is very easy to use. And and I'm not just talking about my deck. I'm talking about any Oracle deck. It, there's like why would one decks. why would one even use a deck? Why do people use decks? Well, to get answers, to connect, like, Sometimes we can't always come to somebody like me uh, or a clairvoyant or a psychic or a tarot reader. We can't get that. And sometimes we just want confirmation. Sometimes we just need some assistance with uh, something that's going on that we don't want to do a 30-minute or an hour reading with somebody. We just want to see if we can tap in to get the answers ourselves. And that is building on your intuition. You know, I, I said to, I say to people, if you could... Tap into your own intuition, you wouldn't need somebody like me. And that's beautiful because that's all it's about. Mm-hmm. So, this is the whole thing of people using it to get their own answers. You know, that's kind of interesting. I remember they, in this workshop, um, they did this sort of like a very interesting, like a little experiment where you had the pendulum, right? Right. And then, yeah. you know, the circle and the cross, and it's like, okay. Now, let's see who can make the, it go this way or that way, you know? Mm. And it really um, is us, you know, using a little bit of, of our mind as well and, and yeah. the energy. And it's interesting how some people could not make it move and other people it was like swinging like crazy. Swinging around, yeah. Because I know, think it, it's when, when I try and teach people how to read an aura or something like that, they're overthinking it. Mm-hmm. And that's when I usually say to people, close your eyes, take a deep breath, let go of all your preconceived ideas and notions, and then open them and then connect back with that tool. Connect back with your pendulum. Mm-hmm. Or connect back with your car. Like, don't overthink it. Right. I think that's okay, where we get into, this is our humanness. We want to succeed. Everything's uh, judged, valued, or um, connected in our world. We have to be first. We have to be right. We have to be the top of the class and things like that. 
And it's not about that at all. It's about just letting your intuition, your gut feeling, that psychic part of yourself out and just letting it happen. You know, and I think, too, that, you know, sometimes, you know, when we uh, think that that's where we want to get to, you know, a big way to get there is, you know, just calming down and a nice big Absolutely. breath, creating an environment, you know, that's yep. calm and relaxing, maybe a candlelight yep. flickering, you know, nice yep. slow music playing in the background. Yeah, and, sitting you know, out we have in Mother Nature or whatever and we then, need. And then I think that's a great space, like you said, to, okay, now I'm going to use this Oracle deck, you know, yeah. and, you know, yeah. what is the answer you're looking for? So let's move into what are the steps yeah. to maximize the success in, you know, using, um, you know, a deck as a tool? Okay, well, step one is connect to the question. Like, what do you want the answer to? What, what do you need to know? What is it you're wanting to use the deck for? And again, I'm a great one for it's about taking the breath, <laughs> connecting, disconnecting, switch off your phone, switch off all the pinging and tinging around you. Maybe put on a piece of music that soothes your soul and just take some cleansing breath. Breathe the air in, down to your diaphragm, your belly button, and then exhale slowly. So that way what happens is we slow down our busyness. We're always on hyper mode. We're on rush mode, so we need to get that everything slowed down. Think about what we're asking for, what direction or what possible insights we're hoping to get. So we're stepping into the intention of asking a question and then connecting with the deck. So then the next part is, the second part is connect with the deck. And I always say to people, there are no set rules of engagement. So whether you like to shuffle your cards, uh, Spread them out on a table and do what I call the, 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 the poker mix or whatever. Uh, maybe cut them all into once, you know, obviously with a new deck, you need to get them out of um, alphabetical or numerical or whatever it is so that you can mix them up. Just like we would if we're playing a game of cards. We shuffle the deck and just mix them all up a bit. You can place, uh, you know, some people say, should I tap my deck? If that's what you feel you want to do, then tap it. Some people say, should I split it into four piles? Should I split it into six? Should I take the bottom one, the top one, whatever, whatever you're drawn to? This is where your intuition steps in. And I would say when you're shuffling the cards, if a card flies out or jumps out or falls out, that's a card for you. That's the one that Spirit is saying, hey, pick me, pick me. <laughs> then the last part is connect to the card so the card has come out you've asked, you've asked the question you've done your breathing you've shuffled your deck a card's come out or you've chosen a card and i always say to people there are no wrong choices spirit always sends us the right card and that's when we contemplate on it does the does the imagery on that card mean something to us does it reflect on what we were thinking or what we were hoping for. Or maybe it's a complete opposite. Maybe what the answer we're getting is, okay, no, step away, don't do this. And we may not want to hear that. But we have to connect with all of those things. What emotions are we feeling at that time when we see that card? When we start to read the words that are in the book that we have? 
You know, what's interesting is, you know, when we talk about to intuition and, you know, it's like that inner voice and that gut thing. It's interesting yeah. how often, you know, our intuition speaks loud and clear. But the, the guy <laughs> on the other shoulder is kind of going, oh, oh, wait a minute, you know, like, you know, and so you have this tug of war back and forth and back and forth. And it's like, I don't believe that intuition. You know, they don't even know what they're talking about. You and know, and so that heads, doubt. Yeah, this is where our head's coming in. Our head and our heart are in, in conflict. And I always say to people, the easiest way to get your head out of conflict with your heart is acknowledge it. I always say, thank you for sharing. <laughs> and I know that might sound extremely silly. Because what happens when we get into the head side of things, we're always in conflict. Oh, so you're telling me I can't do that. Or oh, this is not the right thing to do. Whereas if we just acknowledge it and say, okay, thank you for sharing that. I'll take that into uh, consideration. And then we stop that battle. It soothes down, it smooths out, it goes quiet. Then we can connect with our heart. But all the time we're allowing it to battle, i.e. the but, 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 you know, okay, why can't I do this? So then we're, we're going back, we're battling back. Then our head wins. Whereas if we actually acknowledge it and say, okay, that's, that's great. Thank you. Uh, that was really helpful. And I'll take that into consideration or thank you for sharing or something like that. We're acknowledging it just like a small child. You know, the small child that's jumping around. I need It's like, okay, okay, thank you. All right, give me five minutes and I'll get back to you. Or, yes, okay, I know you're there or whatever it is. So that's an acknowledgement. And then that child goes off and plays again. Or, you know, I want to show you something. I want to show you something. And, and mum, we're busy. I haven't got time for it. Okay, all right, later. Let me, let me deal with it in a moment. And the child won't go away. So that's what's happening with our head. It's not going away. It's always there, like, gnarling away at us. Whereas if we say, okay, thank you for sharing. I acknowledge that. I appreciate uh, the insights you've given me. Then we can go into our heart and connect with our heart uh, frequency, and then ask that same question. See what happens. And maybe it's a, a combination of the head saying, okay, this is, you shouldn't be doing this, and then your heart saying, okay, maybe we need to move ahead with caution. So the two can work in balance, and I think we, with everything, we always think that it must be one or the other, whereas when they're in balance, then we don't have all the conflict. You know, I think, too, when people use um, a tool like this, you know, the key is it's like, oh, that deck isn't going to be the, you know, the solution to all your problems in the world. No, this is a way to become mindful of what mm -hmm. and have like what you said is tapping into your intuitive knowingness. Right. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. the messages we receive are confirmations that we're moving in the right direction or even for mm -hmm. us to contemplate the possibility Absolutely. Or entertain a, a thought. Yeah. It's no different than going and seeing a psychic or a clairvoyant or whatever. Uh, going to see a counselor or speaking to a friend. Usually we've made up our mind or we're almost there. And it's just, so do you think this dress is a great color for me? Or do you think this looks great on me? Now, if somebody says no and we really like it, what are we going to go with? <laughs> We're mm -hmm. going to buy it and we're going to wear it and we're going to love it and enjoy it. That's just that person's opinion or that person's insight. So we, we sometimes already know the answer to something. We just need that confirmation. Mm -hmm. 
Now, you talk about, you know, vibrational um, healing sort of as being a spiritual journey. Do you think that this can be a tool to to help facilitate someone's spiritual journey? Whatever that means to them. Yeah, I think it's one of many tools. And this is why I say I love my deck. Of course I do. I created it. But if, you know, uh, somebody said to me once many years ago, uh, I can't buy, uh, somebody has to give me my first deck. And I always feel very saddened by that. What if there's nobody that's going to buy a deck for you? You're going to spend the rest of your life not having a deck. So go out. If you want a deck and that's what things to you, then buy a deck. But buy one that resonates with you. And that's why there's so many hundreds and thousands. Well, I don't know if maybe thousands, but hundreds of different styles of decks. Oh, you know, and they're uh, quite fun. I was in um, Banff and they had this great little crystal (laughs) shop in there. And, of course, I just love all that healing stuff. And they had probably 30 different decks and oh, I yeah. was sort of like looking through different ones, and it's interesting because you resonate with different ones. You know, they have the animal Absolutely. ones and the angel ones, and I really yeah. love all the pictures and stuff on yours, and yeah. and the artwork on yours is like magical and ethereal, and, and it, it has a healing vibe. You know, so yeah. to me, I, I would probably migrate towards a deck like yours, and, and so that's yeah. also listening to your intuitive voice, right? Absolutely. And tapping in. Okay, and let's talk. This way you, sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. I didn't mean to I interrupt. Say, this way you get something that feels good to you. It's a bit like at Christmas time and somebody buys you a sweater and you look at it and you say thank you and you're going, oh, my gosh, I know I'm going to have to wear it because they bought it for me, especially if it's grandma or mum. <laughs> and you're going, I know I have to wear it, but it is not what I want. So think of the same as that with buying a deck. When you're buying, go and buy your own. Don't don't let somebody else do it uh, because it's going to be a reflection of what you are going through at that time or what's resonating with you. And, you know, I bought different decks at different times because I was drawn to the artwork, I was drawn to the words on it, or I just felt it was right to get it at that time. Or maybe I saw somebody else had that deck. And then, uh, you know, for me, it was like, oh, I would like this deck too. <laughs> how, right. many, how many... Hands have we bought a book based on somebody else that said, hey, this is a really good book, or we've gone to see a movie based on somebody else that's saying, hey, it's a really great movie, you'll really enjoy it. So, you know, be drawn, again, as you say, it's, it's tapping into your intuitive side to uh, connect with what you need at that time. Well, I want to tell, uh, if you can expand a little bit more about, you know, vibrational energy in your um, perspective. Of course I can. Now, with uh, vibrational energy, the the whole thing about it, uh, when I created vibrational energy therapy, which is uh, something that Spirit, again, around about the same time that I was working with the uh, creating the deck, they created this uh, formula of it was uh, working with the meridian points in the body and create, there was sound created with it and a connection to color as well. And with, with the whole thing with uh, working with energy, when, you know, like we talk about energetic food, we talk about energetic sound, we talk about uh, 
uh, color, all these different things. And that's basically it. It's all of these, you know, people talk about energetic water, vibrational water, vibrational crystals, colors, all of this kind of thing. And they're all interconnected. Okay. So do you integrate them with the, the work that you do as well? Yes, I do the vibrational energy therapy. I It's a very short, quick, uh, five to ten minute healing process, which is connecting with the meridian points in the body, the upper part of the body, and working on the head area as well. And it just, uh, you know, I always say, people say, well, what does it do? It actually does what your body needs for you. There is not one, you know, um, one thing it does. One size fits you know, we all. Can go and we can have a mess- uh, massage and it helps take out the kinks or we go to the chiropractor and he realigns the, the joints or whatever. This works on the person for what they need at that particular moment. So if somebody's uh, feeling very stressed or somebody's got headaches or um, feeling under the weather or something like that, what it does is just create, gets all the, um, you know, we talk about chakras. And the meridian points that run through our body, if anybody's ever seen an acupressure chart, we've got thousands of little tram lines that run everywhere around our body. And they're all interconnected with the main chakras that run through our, the spinal system. And that's what it does. It just actually goes to each of them and it's sort of like, wake up in there. Let's get this moving. Let's get this back the way this person needs it. It's great, actually, for working with children because it's only a five-minute process and they don't have to sit still too long. Mm-hmm. And do you teach workshops in this type of work? Yes, I do. I teach workshops for the vibrational energy therapy and I've now created it into an online course so people can actually take the course at their own leisure. Mm-hmm. And it's um, very simple to do. Why don't you go ahead and give your website for our listeners so those that are interested in, you know, exploring a little bit more about vibrational energy? Of course. It's vibrational-energy.com. And on my landing page, there's a lot of information there. There's podcasts. There's my weekly reading. There's how to get to the different uh, decks. Uh, sign up for my newsletter. All of those kind of things and everything on there for social media. So that first page, you'll scroll down, you'll see all this interesting stuff. There's some free stuff on there as well. So, you know, help yourself, as I always say to people. If it, mm-hmm. if it helps to uplift you and others, then great. I have a, I have a question. You know, a mm. lot of times people, there's, you know, get confused between what is an oracle deck and what is a tarot deck and, uh, and you know, yeah. You know what I mean? So are they the same thing? Is the tarot like, you know, the evil bad one you should stay away from and the oracle <laughs> one gives us wisdom? I know. Sadly, again, Hollywood have not done uh, great things for tarot deck. So a tarot deck, without going into to overload people, a tarot deck is a bit like a deck of cards. It's made up of suit and honors. So like we have the king, the queen, the jacks, and then we have four suits in a, in a regular deck of cards. Uh, I think it's diamonds, hearts, spades, and clubs. So in a tarot deck, that's made up with all the different, uh, the four things again. And then they, they have arcana cards, which arcana means secrets. So they're higher cards. And it is a bit more complex. That's why an oracle deck for 
anybody that's exploring this. And yes, some of the uh, the cards on a, on a tarot deck can be a little scary. But, right. you know, when you Simple get is better, that, I it's think. It's not scary. <laughs> it's just right. giving you something, a direction. It's saying, hey, you need to step away from this or, hey, get on and do this. And that they do it in such a, a, in a beautiful way. So an oracle deck, you can pull the cards and they don't have to be a concern of whether they're read upside down or the right way around, which there is in tarot. And also the card means the same every time. So uh, I always think of uh, tarot deck as a bit like an alphabet. You can lay the same cards out in a different way, and it creates a different word or a different concept to it. Whereas oracle cards are very simple to use. Uh, they're not uh, difficult. And just to let you know, you can have angel tarot decks as well as angel oracle cards. So I think people oh. sometimes say, think of angel cards as being sort of a, a standalone on their own. They're just a form of um, how they've been created. Uh, so angel cards, some, there's angel oracle decks, there's angel tarot decks. And I, hope I, I think that helps people take that. down their wall, right? <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> they, oh, it's like an angel. It must be, yes. you know. Yeah, yeah. It's our, per our perception again, right? Okay, yeah, let's check a course. little bit more. You, you know, you created a deck for children. Why children? Well, <laughs> I sort of did the same thing at the, at the time. Like my son is grown up, and he—he's a man, and I—I I don't have young children around. Uh, we have grandchildren <laughs> uh, from my husband's side of the family, and uh, with his his former family, his children. And the uh, the one thing that I was hearing from the adults that love the uh, vibrational energy oracle deck was, "What about one for kids?" And I'm going, okay, this is a this is a big, tall order. And then I heard from Spirit, okay, let's do one for children. And I thought, okay, considering I have no young children here, who am I going to use? Because at that time, my grandchildren were little babies. So they weren't even old enough to understand what an oracle deck was. So I thought, well, if I'm going to do this, I've got to connect with educators and parents that had children around about the seven to eight years of age. So that was the age group it was actually aimed at or created for, I should say. And so I worked very closely with parents and educators and people that knew um, how children thought and actually with the children directly. So mm -hmm. I have, uh, have one example that I love to share here. Uh, I, I would send the words and the image to uh, the parents to share with the child and they would read it first and obviously get a feel to it. And then the uh, the child would then have their input. And uh, one particular lady said, well, I really didn't understand it. And I was a bit concerned because I thought my daughter may not understand it as well. And she said, and this is where I was completely surprised. She got it and she then explained it to me, which I thought was absolutely beautiful. So this, uh, this Well, see, kids aren't locked up in their mind with all of these <laughs> preconceived ideas that parents or adults planted in them, right? And oh, so I absolutely. think that they're more open. Yes. And so uh, when they... And they can pretend. <laughs> yes. Well, of course, this is where their imagination uh, steps in. And the big thing about this deck is I wanted it to be positive uh, for children, but I also wanted it to encounter or incorporate day-to-day -day things that kids come into contact. And one of the uh, one uh, one of the cards which parents love absolutely 
is called Chores Wars. And the card on that one, it says, doing chores around the house can be boring, but don't argue about it. You know it is something you need to do. Your help is important, so be creative with it. Think of a fun way to clean your bedroom or wash dishes. The only reason you're being asked to do this task or chore is because the adult knows they can depend on you because you are sensible and grown up. And then each one has a uh, affirmation. Vibrational earth children turn dull household chores into productive fun. And kids love this. Absolutely love it. Well, see, you know what? This is like positive reinforcement and, you know what I mean? And uplifting them and having them act as if. And this is good programming. (laughs) Absolutely. And the uh, the thing about it is each of each of these, you know, because it covers subjects like, you know, when we, we can't get our own way and stuff like that. So it covers those uh, in, a, in a way that children can hopefully understand, you know, like uh-huh. when a parent's busy and they can't just right. drop everything and maybe they just have to wait. And so, so there's this understanding part about it. And, right. Uh, yes. Yeah. And, and you're creating that, Pavlov puppies. <laughs> <laughs> that would be wonderful. I think that would be wonderful. I think it's so that kids feel that they have uh, a, a hand in things as well. And the uh, the imagery on the, those was actually created by Kim Dreyer. And it, we, we actually use images of real children. So if anybody ever buys the book, uh, the, the deck, they'll see in the very front cover uh, the uh, the children that were took part in uh, the project and their images were used so that we didn't just use stock photographs and then create all this um, imagery around them. And mm-hmm. the one thing that I, I found with this deck after it was created was adults were buying it for themselves to do some inner child work. Well, do you know something? And- I think we, as an adult, that's where a big um, challenge is as far as our own healing is to be mm-hmm. able to break through and go back to that inner child and learn how to play because we get yeah. so stuck that we forget how to be creative. We forget how to laugh. We forget how to yeah. be free yeah. and run and play. And, yeah. and and it's like that programming. So we go faster and faster, you know, so... <laughs> That has yeah. value. So that's an interesting yeah. that it opened up a door that perhaps you didn't anticipate. Well, I hadn't anticipated it whatsoever when I was creating the deck, which just goes to show that it was put there in the divineness so that others could work with it as they needed to. And, you know, it's for children from eight years upwards. There's guidelines for parents and caregivers. And what I've loved about this is uh, quite a few schools around the world have bought the deck to use it as a tool to get children to open up when things are not right. So they have it in uh, what they call their toolbox. As I hear from many uh, uh, counselors and child educators that having this kind of thing, a kid can just play with this and then they can begin a conversation. You know, that's like brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And what an awesome tool because you know something, you know, the health of us as an adult really begins as a child. The seeds that are planted in the fertile soil of their mind, the weeds, the weeds that are pulled out, 
Do you know, yeah. um, the patterning, the, the rituals, the mindset, the awareness, all of that is created between that certain time period between the ages of, you know, three, eight or so. Listen, I, you know, I had a quick opportunity and I know we're running out of time. It just, time just flies when you're having fun, but I just wanted to, um, have you expound a little bit on the fact that not only is this, you can buy a physical deck, which is awesome, but you have an app that is really very cool. Yeah. Tell us about that yeah. app. Well, I have apps for both the Vibrational Energy Oracle deck and the children's deck, the Vibrational Earth children's deck. And the mo uh, the uh, app developer that I ha worked with is Indigos, and they're, uh, uh, Frederick is such an amazing guy. He's really tuned into what needed to be created and put together. So within the mobile app, there's a journal so you can save your uh, card pulls for the day. You can uh, share them on uh, social media. You can email them to yourself, all these kinds of things. Uh, and, uh, if you're not sure about it, I always say I like people to play before they pay. And we have a limited, I'm not sure how it works, they keep changing it due to all of the larger echelons of um, how apps are sold, that you can download uh, a limited version of each of the two decks. I think it's 11 cards that are available. And then at least you can play with it to see if you like it or whether you want to uh, go ahead. And again, if you go onto my website, you can actually play with it there on my website as well. Both okay. of those decks are there. And again, Excellent. on that landing page, go down to where it says, uh, there's a little block about, um, oh, I don't know how, yeah. how far down it is. It's not very far down where you can actually click right, on there so and go to the mobile app. Okay, so vibrational-energy.com. You can log on yep. and learn a little bit more about Debbie Anderson, you know, the different tools that she used for vibrational energy. I want to thank you so much for being a guest on Health in Action Live and planting some seeds of possibility and, you know, another direction that, uh, some people might like to explore as, uh, you know, a possible tool. It was good fun Thank having you. you on the program, and perhaps we will uh, share time again. I would love that, Annette. Thank you so much indeed. All right. Thank you so much. Take care. And for those of you that have been listening, you can share uh, BBS radio.com backslash health and action live broadcasting live every other Monday from 6 to 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Thanks for tuning in and have a blessed evening. Bye for now. <laughs>